Morning, everyone. Why don't you stand with me just for a moment? It's so good to be back in God's house and to um, just to see what the Lord has in store. Um, I've had it on my mind all week long as I've been praying. God has a purpose for today. And some of, we need to understand that sometimes what God is working out is not what we are even aware that we're going to need. It may be tomorrow. It may be next week. But God gives us strength and gives us guidance and obedience. And um, I've seen, I wish I could share some things with you. Well, I will tell you, I'm going to tell you one thing before we sit down. And, I mean, we're going to pray in just a second. My sister was telling me that and, um, someone in the church in Frankfurt had a stroke and um, was very, um, face started drawing. They couldn't talk. Um, they took, took her into ICU and she mumbled something. And there's a lady in the church that's a nurse there, and it was her name she was mumbling. And one of the nurses in ICU said, um, went and got her, said, someone's calling for you. Well, this lady's not a timid lady. She does the Bible studies for the church. And she went in. And saw her there, her face was all drawn up, she couldn't move, couldn't talk, and she just looked at her, she just, and this nurse started praying powerfully and calling on the name of Jesus, rebuking the spirit of the stroke, and apparently the doctor was standing there watching all this. All of a sudden, her face turned normal. The lady started talking. She began to walk, and she walked out. And the doctor, the doctor, the doctor said, what just happened here? I'm telling you, this God that we're serving He's got it under control. It's all in his hand. It's all in his hand. Father, I ask you today to bless us both in this first word, but also in the service. I'm asking God for your hand to be upon us. God, for victory, there's something that's going to take place today. I do believe that. And I'm asking for your love and your mercy in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. And um, Brother Paul and Sister Tara is in Houston uh, for today. And um, we're going to let the Lord do what the Lord wants to do.
Last week they began a series on Joseph, and I'm going to continue that series, just something that when I began to look at this that worked on me. I'm going to read just one verse is all I'm reading. There's, I could read, there's a, several I could, but I'm going to spare you that today. In Genesis 37, verse 5, it's something that we read, and a lot of these things we just almost, eh, okay. It just simply says this, and Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told the dream to his brothers, and they hated him yet the more. Joseph dreamed a dream. As I began to study on Joseph, my first thoughts about Joseph, if you study at all about the man Joseph, it deals with the moving of God. Everything about Joseph's life is God moving. Let me just inject in here. What may happen today in this service is not, it is not going to be about, well, I did this, you did that. I, I, I like this, I like that, what, whatever. That's not what this is about. We are here to receive some type of a move of the presence and the spirit of God. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's always a, a, an outward, wah! It's a moving that will reach and touch in here. It's a moving that will calm my situation. But we need a move of God. And what, what studying Joseph, what it shows me is how God has his hand in our lives. I, I'm, I'm still enamored by the fact last week, Kyle, the journey you went on, and the thing that, that happened, even though nothing materialized, Brenda, David, God has his hand on it. And I'm telling you, and I say this in all the authority of Jesus' name, God's doing something. God's moving. God does not do some things just so we can say, man, I felt God. Well, you know what? God doesn't care. God does what he does because he's trying to work in your life. And when you, when you look at this with Joseph, you've got to look with some open eyes. All this is happening, and he does not know that God is working. Wouldn't it be good in all of our lives if God, before something happened, if God would say, David, probably in a real nice deep voice, 
and you would be man enough to say, yes, sir. And then he'd start spewing out what all is getting ready to happen to you. Wouldn't that make it easier? Now, it's going to be six months from now, but wouldn't that make it easier? Oh, man, thanks, God. But I've got some bad news. God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. God may be working six months or six years down the road, but you're standing here. You don't understand. See, what, what this has shouted out to me is that when we allow God to work and to move in our lives, which is part and it comes from our trusting God, I believe that God is looking at me, working in me, seeing me. You, you know, just, now this could be lengthy. It's not going to be naturally. I've got 30 minutes here. This started out before I read verse 5. talks about how Joseph is Jacob's, the one that he loves the most. We heard in Sunday school. He made him a coat of many colors. Ah, the only thing is, at the time, there were 10 other brothers who did not receive a special coat. And they were jealous, comma, aggravated, comma, furious, comma, filled with hatred, because of a coat of many colors, a coat that showed his dad's love. Now, you know what I've questioned through the years? Jacob, why did you do that? Just go ahead and love him, but why did you make the coat of many colors knowing what it was going to do and knowing that the brothers are going to be mad because you favor our brother. But here it is. From the first thing that we find out how Joseph is favored to the dream, to the prison, to Potiphar's house, to all those years later, this is all part of God's plan. God gave Jacob, the desire to make the coat, knowing that the brethren were going to be mad and jealous, knowing what was going to happen. Now, here's what, I'm just bringing it the way that I felt it at the very outset of this lesson. I want to ask you, can God move in your life? Oh, yes. Don't you lie in the house of God. Can God move in your life? If he wants to do something, because that's, that's God. And that's how God works. Does he have access to work in you? And that's, I think, a legitimate question. I can come in and oh God and hallelujah and thank you Jesus and boo-hoo when a problem comes, but that's not what I need. What I need 
is the presence and spirit of God to come in and to take into my life what God knows I need. Why the dream? You got a man with a father's favorite coat. Now, I don't know if Joseph went out of his way to show his brethren how much, hey, did you see my coat? I don't know if he did. We would. I mean, that's something. But, okay, so you got the coat. Now he gives him a dream. His brothers and his mom and his dad, everybody's bowing down before him. Okay, you, you dreamed a dream. I don't know what you ate last night. I don't know what prompted the dream. But please don't share that dream. He said, hey, I had a dream last night. And now his angry, aggravated, hate-filled brothers are even more so mad. We're going to bow down to you. You're our youngest brother, and we're going to bow down. But see, God does not tell Joseph, he does not tell Jacob that there's going to be famine in the land, and I'm working something out that's going to be decades in the making. Can I tell you, please, what God may be doing this morning in this service may be decades down the road. Joseph had no idea why this happened. He didn't know. God just informed me. God doesn't have to. He doesn't know that God is using him to ultimately to save the nation of Israel. But any, any biblical study of lives, if you study anything in this word about any of the lives, you must have an understanding why these lives are here. Paul tells us in Corinthians, these things happened unto them for examples. In God's word translation, these things happen to make them an example. So I look at some of their lives. Don't just look at David killing Goliath or, or some, you know, some of the highlights. Look at these lives in our lives. Read the book, and then you let the book strengthen your life. See, this account gives me, this is where I came out of it. And brother and sister Carpenter, you guys are looking at some things down the road. And when you, when you came here a couple years ago, what may be new to you right now, God saw in the making then. And that's where I've got to set. I, otherwise, my life's going to be filled with, why? What? What? How come? And that's where we get the poor me syndrome. But God always knows and heavily on and he is always working in your 
situation. I've been, I, I realized this years ago, God is never taken by surprise. You will never hear God say, wow, I didn't see that coming. God knows. God is working. When you truly, honestly trust God, and that's the question. You Saying you trust God and trusting God can be two different things. When you truly trust God, you will not just look at what is taking place right now. You will not. I'll never forget, there's a guy years ago at my father-in-law's church. He came in, knocked on Brother Rutledge's door. He said, man, I'm going to need a ride. He said, what do you mean? He said, my truck engine just blew up. And I'm standing there, and this guy looked at me and said, wow, and God good. I said, wait a minute, you said your truck engine. Yeah, but last week my transmission went out in that same truck. I said, can you imagine what God's getting ready to do in my life? I'm thinking, hey, whoa, God, you don't have to bless me right now. I can't afford it. You know, but that was his attitude. But you cannot just look at the right now, this moment situation. You can't look at that and then let what that moment is, don't let it control you. That's what I'm getting out of here. Rather, when you trust him, you can say, he knows, and he is working, even though I may not see it right now, he's working. See, God reveals to Joseph, and it even made Jacob a little bit upset, but he revealed that his brothers were getting ready to bow down to him. Didn't make any sense. Joseph didn't come in bragging. He said, man, I had the weirdest dream last night. I never saw this happening. I didn't understand this. And here it comes. So the jealousy of his brothers, now he's telling them the dream wearing his coat. It came to the point, and to save a lot of what goes on, they were out in the wilderness. Joseph walks up. He's coming to check on his brothers, and the brothers said, here comes that dreamer. They wanted to kill him. Now, can you, you know it's a shame when people get so bitter towards other people for something that, and oftentimes you may, if you find out the root of it, is God's working something. But it's a shame when they get so bitter that they're willing to carry, the, and this is what bitterness would do to kill them. Oh, I wouldn't really kill them. You're killing them in the spirit. You're destroying them in who they are. You're, you know, whatever the case. But they wanted, they said, they were, we got to get rid of him. We've got to get rid of him. But what no one understands yet had the events that are taking place not to 
taken place, the Hebrew nation would have been lost during the famine. You got to understand, God's not just working to bless you this morning. God's working to keep you down the road. God's working in something. that. You, did you pray about it? Yes. Then God's working on it. But I didn't see. I didn't ask you what you saw. I don't care what you felt. If you prayed and you were honest with God, God's word assures me he's working on it. Now, God's answer is not like we may answer. It might, you know, ours, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it right now. You know, no, God's answer is he's working it out. He's absolutely working it out. We are privileged by reading the story that we know the end results of what takes place. And we understand the dream at its beginning. And when I read it the other day, again, I read it, I just started smiling. I said, boy, this is going to be neat. This really gets neat. Joseph, just hang in there. I'm, I'm encouraging Joseph. Now, I'm about 6,000 years later, but I'm encouraging Joseph. Hey, it's all right, bud. No, don't let it get you. Don't let it get you. Things are getting ready to happen. When he is sold by his brothers, now think about this with me. He's being carried away into slavery by the Ishmaelites. They take him into Egypt. As far as Joseph, would this not be normal? As far as he could think, his dream had been destroyed. Not only, I don't know what the dream meant, but not only are they not going to bow down, but my life's over. Is that not? Again, they nor he, they didn't know that the dream was from God. You, you be careful. I've, I've said this for years in my own life. Be careful. If you start talking against something, you may be talking against the plan of God. Just because it doesn't fit the way I want it to fit, you may be coming against the purpose and the plan of God and God's working in things that I just didn't know it. It is at this point when Joseph is carried away that it speaks out to me that we've got to be careful in our dealings with God. There's things that I've seen go on in my lifetime that I didn't like. And God could have prevented. But if I just held on, just hold on, I watched as God worked things out. Even the, I, know, I know some of you, some of you could easily say or think, yeah, but you're not going through what I'm going through. Same God. Same God. It, he, he's got his hand on it, and he's, he's taking care of it. And what, what I, what I want to realize, 
and this, this is where it really emphatically kept coming to me. What appears when Joseph's taken a slave, goes to Potiphar's house, he's sold. And while he's at Potiphar's house, what happens? God was with him. And Potiphar realized, I don't have to worry about anything because everything Joseph touches is good until his wife lies on him and he's thrown into prison. Okay, now, now what happens? The jailer. What did it say? The Lord was with him. Wait a minute, you're in jail. The Lord was with him. And the jailer said, man, my job's become easy. You got it. If you need anything, give me a call. You got my number. Well, you got whatever. You can send a message. You know, so here it is. Bang, 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 bang. Now, each time, what appears to be devastation, the end, has God forgotten about me? That These are things that Joseph would have had to, he would have had to thought. He was in the pit and his brothers were eating and he was screaming and they were just sat down to eat. You know, people, I'm going to tell you, if you don't know it, people can be mean. People can be mean. As long as it's coming my way, I'm okay. Did, God, did you forget all about me? Don't let what you may be going through destroy you and your walk with God. You will go through some things in your life that can hurt you, that can hinder you. You will. It's just the way it is. This story, this account is showing us how a real love for God can keep a person walking. I trust God. I don't just come in here and say, well, I just want God. Just bless me, God. You know, you know what I need, God. You understand. That's not what this is about. I trust God. I trust God over the things I don't understand, the things I don't. And there's sometimes you need to stop. When something's going in an adverse way, you need to stop and say, God, I'm just going to say it now by faith. Thank you. Wait a minute. Something bad just happened. Thank you, God. I don't understand it. I, I, don't, I don't see it. But even, even in the worst of the worst, and you don't get much as far as Joseph's attitude, it doesn't get any worse. He's thrown in prison. He's accused of something. They lied on me. But it is during this time of his, what could have been destructive to him, he himself begins to help others. The butler and the baker had a dream. He tells them the meaning of the dream. Wouldn't it be easy if I'm going to be in here, I'm just going to sit back in this dark part. I'm not. Why do I care about your dream? Why do I care about what you're going through? I mean, those are attitudes we deal with at times. 
and people come in with a, they got it all. I don't like that. I'm, I'm going to tell you what. There is a God in heaven that sees the yeah, 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 yeah. And God doesn't like it. But God likes the person. You know, I don't care about anyone else. My dream isn't working out. My own brothers have done me terribly wrong. They've thrown me in the pit. They sold me. Would it not be logical to state, I didn't deserve any of this? Let me tell you something, folks. You go through some things in life to say you deserved it, no. To say God will bring you through it, yes. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that we should understand every negative thing that comes our way. We, that's why whoever wrote the song a million years ago, by and by, we understand it all, by and by. Why did they say it? Because I don't have a clue of what's going on now, now. So it's by and by. And we need to let that work in our lives. See, your, your attitude, and is, does not our life, when things are going good, everything's wonderful, um, sun shines just right, the temperature's right for everyone. Yeah, like that's going to happen. But anyway, the, everything is just perfect. And it's all, oh, this is a good day. Oh, okay, what happens? I've walked in minus 51 degrees before actual temperature. And my dear friend, they can tell you it's dry, cold. They're crazy. It's cold. I was not happy to walk outside, but I had to. Okay, is it different in minus 51 with 101 or two below zero wind chill? Is that a different day than when it's 74 and beautiful? I, might, I may feel different, but it's not the same God. See, you're, it, it can affect your attitude. And when they say someone woke up grumpy, they're not talking about their husband. The day looks different. <laughs> I hit a, hit a note back here with your husband, Marlene. <laughs> I didn't know that was your nickname. That was for him. I was just, uh, that was an accident. But, but see, the day that we get started, what we're seeing determines how our attitude's going to be. I read this years ago. I was reading a book by Chuck Swindle, and he was telling a story, and he has a way of telling stories that... But he was telling a story about a lady had this parakeet named Chippy, I don't know why you'd name a parakeet Chippy. No, let me back up. I don't know why you'd have a parakeet. But anyway, and she had it there in a cage, 
because the parakeet just would it just would sing beautifully all day long and she just she absolutely loved this parakeet and the story went on that one day the woman looked at the bottom of the cage and normally she'd take Chippy out and set it out and and then go clean the cage out well the clean, the cage was had you know what happens with birds. It had some stuff on the bottom of the cage. It had seed on the bottom of the cage. It had old bird feathers that had fallen off on the bottom of the cage. And she, she said, well, I'm not going to bother taking him out. I'm just, she grabbed the vacuum cleaner and she just looked in the cage and she started vacuuming out. Everything was going good and then the phone rang. And she turned to answer the phone and went, you know what happens like when you're driving and you turn, the steering wheel goes with your head? She turned, and when she turned, she heard, and she looked at it, and then there was a thud. And she looked in the cage. Not only were the droppings, bird seed, and feathers gone, Chippy was gone. And so she very quickly, she turned, smart, she turned the vacuum cleaner off. She unzipped the bag where all the junk was at. And there was Chippy covered in everything. And it said she looked and she saw that the bird was still breathing. And she panicked. And so Albert said she ran to the bathtub, turned the water on, full force, stuck Chippy under the faucet. But what she didn't realize, she had turned ice-cold water on. And she had that bird under there washing the bird off. And then she, it said she could see the bird was just, well, probably the bird's thinking, just kill me and get it over with. Well, she sees it's wet and it's cold. She looks around. She saw her hair dryer. She grabs the hair dryer and she starts blowing hot air on Chippy. Bird wasn't shivering anymore. Bird wasn't dirty anymore. Bird wasn't singing anymore. <laughs> Story went on to say, Chippy doesn't sing much these days. <laughs> Why? Because I've been through it. But I, in bird land, Chippy had gone through everything. You know, sometimes when you don't feel like singing, you don't feel like praising. Could I sit back and say, but I've gone through this? Yeah, you could. You could. But you know what that's going to do? That's going to take your song away. But what you need to do in the things you've gone through, you need to say, wait a minute. Yeah, this was bad. Yes, I faced something that I didn't want to face. And yes, I endured this. And yes, I wish I wasn't gone. But you know what? He didn't take my song away. 
He didn't take my praise away. He didn't do anything to me. He's, he's still there. And I've got to understand that this same God whose work, before I started going through what I'm going through, he saw me. He saw me. And he started working. See, you cannot allow, and I'm, I felt this strongly, you cannot allow your negative experiences to determine who you are. I've told people many times when I meet strangers or whatever, and I've, I've got a major problem, and I don't want to, we're not going after church and tell all of my problems. I don't care what you think. I've got a major problem. I love to talk to strangers. I absolutely love. If I see a stranger that, and I may have any opportunity, and probably 80% of the time, it's through their kids. You start talking about someone's kids, and there you got them. I love to talk to them, but I've had people ask me, how you doing? I said, man, I'm always good. Oh, come on. I said, let me tell you something. If you ever see me and I don't have a smile or I'm not happy, call somebody because I'm having problems. Because I'm going to be happy. Don't lose your smile. Your smile affects people, but so does your frown. Amen. God gave me hands to raise. I don't care if you raise like this. I don't care if you raise like this. And honestly, I guess I don't care if you just raise it in here. That's your business. But please don't be dumb enough just to fold your arms and act like, Puh. well, what do you think God's going to do? He talked about spew you out. I guess that's what, boo. I guess that's what that's all about. I don't know. But don't let your world, your experiences that are not the best, determine who you are and who you're going to be. I've determined to wake up in the mornings with a smile on my face. I've determined to wake up. First thing I do, I offer God praise. I pray for this church. Always will to the day I die. I pray for my family. For 20 years, think about this. Joseph was in, all this had gone on for 20 years. 20 years. And he had no idea what God was doing in his life and through his life. He didn't know that Potiphar was part of it. God, you, you think God doesn't have things worked out? Potiphar was part of God's plan. The prison was part of God's plan. It was through the prison that he was able to stand before Pharaoh. It's when he stood before Pharaoh that he was able to spare his own family's lives in the famine. The famine. It wouldn't have happened had none of this. The bottom line is this. Trust God when nothing makes sense. Trust God when nothing 
makes any sense at all in your world. And see what God's going to do. God has his hand in you. God has his hand on you. And God's working it out. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together. Thank you, God, for truth, for your spirit, for your love and your mercy. God, I pray that you would touch us, strengthen us, and help us. God, go with us. Bless the remainder of this day, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you spend a little time and practice what I said. Don't just talk to people. Smile at them. I didn't say laugh at them. Smile at them.